0: Morning, Church, morning. and happy Sabbath. happy Sabbath. I just want to say quickly, thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. First time in Plymouth ever, so it's wonderful to be with you guys on this morning. Um, I just want to say a quick word of prayer before we begin today. Uh, today's message. So, if you could bow down your heads with me, Father God, I pray that Your Holy Spirit is with us this morning. As we go through your word, I pray that your words are spoken and not mine. And I pray that your words land on hearts that have been prepared by you. I pray that you make these words fruitful in those who hear them. And I pray that you work goodness in each of our lives and bring salvation and peace to each and every single one of us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen okay so my name is Arian and I just want to share with you a quick testimony to get to know sort of my background before we go into the message so I come from Iran I was born in Iran and lived there till I was 12 years old Um, and we moved to England I do not come from a Christian background so my entire family are Muslims I'm the first convert of the family if you like but hopefully one of many um, and I've been in the faith for almost a year now so I was converted I converted just about November I would say in here although for about six months prior to that we we're going through this sort of flirting period I suppose if you like we we're just kind of getting to know in and out but not really had that heart conversion but that heart conversion took place in November And I was baptised in December, praise God. Um, Now, to talk about my conversion story a little bit, because I I think it plays into the message I want to share with you today. Now, I can't really pinpoint a moment where I can say, okay, that started the journey. That was the day, or that was the hour. Um, I know Jesus says that no one can come to him unless the Father draws him. And there was a period, I would say about seven years of this drawing to the Father that took place in my life. There was people that came in and out that had a profound impact. That brought the name of Jesus Christ. And I remember there was a friend of mine who I'm still friends with, but she was, uh, she was a believer. And at the time, I was a Muslim and I wanted to convert her. But we went this back and forth and, she, you know, I couldn't... I, she was the first person I, I didn't have any effect on. Like she just completely ignored me. And that really got to me. Like I've never experienced anything like that. So that was always stayed in my mind. And seven years on, that, that kind of her faith and her strength in her faith, whenever I thought about it, it kind of bothered me. Now, my past, before my conversion, was a life of worldliness. It was a life filled with alcohol, drugs and a lot of the things that you see today out there. You may not see it, but believe me, from somebody who comes from that place, it's out there. It's between the people my age, younger. And that was the lifestyle. And uh, during this period of being drawn by God, his method of drawing me was through end times. You know, I can see there was, there's there's change in the world. There's things that are happening in the world, and most people recognize them, but they either don't think about them or they just, you know, they don't really take a step further to find out why these things happen. Why is there so many wars? Why is there so many so many conflicts? Why is this evil in our world so active? And why is it that, you know, the good in the world seems to be losing? So that always bothered me, and during this period I got into a phase where I was looking at end times. And I was looking at end times from, a, from an Islamic perspective. And as a Muslim, you believe that Islam is the third of the faiths, and then you've got Christianity, and then Judaism, and they all complete each other, and Islam is like, the, the, you know, the last revelation from God. And... Coming from that perspective, I'll, I'll look at, I, I was open to all three different religions. So I'll look at Islam and then I'll cross-reference it with, with um, Christianity and I'll look at, look at what it says here and look at what it said there. And after a while, I kind of noticed, I, was like, I just thought to myself, you know, Christianity and Judaism have this like, storyline that seems to run and it kind of matches, and then you've got Islam, which is just completely off. So after a while, I just put aside Islam and I'll just focus on on, at a time I was just thinking, you know, these past faiths to Christianity and Judaism. And the first book of the Bible I read was Revelation. So I don't know how conversion could take a place from Revelation, but eventually it did. <laughs> it's an intense book for your first book to read. But I remember reading it and at this point I still didn't have anything. I, I didn't know who Christ was. I didn't know anything about anything. I just knew some some information about about you know these stories of how this end time scenario is supposed to work out with this bad guy coming along and you know you got this the final and ultimate battle between good and evil anyway this this side of my this side of my life of researching end times and that kind of stuff came to an end i went to university and third year university i just had enough of it i was i wasn't a believer in anything anymore at that point but in the third year of university, I, second year going to third year, I got a bit of a severe depression. So I spent a lot of time at home just looking up things on YouTube, as you do. And during this period, this was, this was when God came with his final, I would say revelation in my life, where he caused the circumstances for everything to happen in a way that I was just focused on just researching what's the truth out there? What is this final good and evil thing? What is the truth? What, who are we? Um, is there a God? Who do we serve? Is there no God? And that became the, what I was searching for every day. And one day I just watched this video and he mentioned something about Seventh-day Adventists. And I was kind of interested by them, so I just searched on Google, Seven Day Adventist Church nearby, and went to the first one that came, that was nearest to me, which was actually five minutes down the road. And there I met my pastor, uh, who was my previous pastor, and he gave me a Bible, and I took it home. I never had a Bible before. I went into Matthew, and I just read Matthew. And it's the first time I ever came face to face with the words of Jesus. and it just landed where it belonged. Every single word I read made sense. Whatever he said, even to a point where he said, you heard in the the past, it was said that if you commit adultery, you've committed a sin, but I tell you that even if you look at a woman with the wrong eyes, you've already committed that sin. And to me, even though I'd never read anything from the Old Testament, from the law, anything like that, it just made sense, of course it is. it was that whole preparation, that whole drawing period of God that prepared those words to land on the right place. So when I got to Jesus' word, it was, it was familiar. It, it, wasn't, it, just, it just made sense. It just landed in the right place. And from that period, I kept going back on the Sabbath to the church that I used to go in Bristol. And there I met amazing people. But one of the problems... I faced in this church, and I didn't even know it was a problem till now, was that we spoke a lot about end times. We spoke a lot about Revelation. We got to know the three angel messages. We got to know the mark of the beast. We got to know the the ten virgins story, the parable of the ten virgins. We got to know Revelation pre-Inside Out, the 144,000, you name it. We spoke about it. But no one explained to me what grace meant. No one. No one spoke about grace. They would say, oh, by the grace of God, this will happen. Or by the grace of God, you will be healed. Or by the grace of God, you will pass your exams. Or by the grace of God, you will get through uni. Good, but what, what's grace? You're saved by grace. Okay. What does that mean? No one ever explained this to me. We spoke about everything else and no one really explained it to a point where I was, I considered myself to be a Christian and I used all the right words up to the point I learned them. And I would even go say, well, by the grace of God, this and by the grace of God, that. But I never knew what even grace meant. And thank God for YouTube because you can find a lot of stuff on there. And one night I remember searching. What is grace? There and behold came... I knew the verse, but I never really fully understood it. You know, you're saved by grace, it's not of your own. Okay, what does that mean? And it came in came video and he explained, and he says, there was, there was a ton of commandments, and there was the need for a man of God to be able to adhere to those laws. Now we humans, us, fleshly beings, sucked at doing that, really bad, we messed it up. So the Son of God, Jesus Christ, came, and He was able to stand up to the, to the, to the standard of the law. He was the fulfillment, the completion of that law and by his death and resurrection, he imputes the righteousness to us, and that is called grace. Mind-blowing. It was like a ton of weight was lifted off my shoulder. I'm, I'm here worrying about end times, a mark of the beast. Am I gonna get it? Am I not gonna get it? Am I am I gonna be, you know, one of the ones who're gonna make the mistake? I need to know about this, otherwise I'm gonna mess up. I'm not good enough. I just kept worrying and worrying and no one explained to me grace. So in that moment, when I found out and again, it landed in the right place and all the burdens were lifted and I, I understood what the grace of God finally meant. I knew that was the time. I texted my pastor and I think about two or three weeks time on the 15th of December, I was baptized and this happened On the 3rd of December. Two weeks time after that I was baptised. Exactly. You guys had a good day. It was. It was was a blessing. But. That kind of left me scarred. Because I, I thought. The grace of God is the most. Powerful. Part of the Bible. There's nothing more powerful in the Bible. Than the grace of God. But it's. In this church, at least from my experience, is the least preached message. Is the power of the grace of God, and how how strongly bonded we are to that grace once we are saved. So my scripture reading today, and this has soon become my, one of my favorite pieces of scripture, is from Romans 8 and it's from verse 31 all the way up to 39. And one of the things I remember we used to worry about a lot when it came to, to reading Revelation, understanding end times is, you know, things like the Mark of the Beast, So you know, is that going to happen to anybody? Is, is anyone going to receive it? And when you focus a lot on the things such as end times, you forget, you quickly become so worried Focus. You become scared of if I do this and if I do this and if I go to that place and this place is this going to happen? And your walk with God becomes a bunch of worries. Where you focus so much on the things that scare you you forget about the things that give you strength. You forget about the boldness that we Christians are supposed to have. The boldness that Paul, Matthew, Luke, Peter, John, all of those guys had when they walked with Christ. The moment they received the Holy Spirit, they stood out there, they were now on the streets, and they preached with power. And thousands were converted. They were not worried about these things. They were not worried to step out there. They knew how securely they were attached to Jesus Christ then nothing could come in between them. And once they were that secure, they knew they could go out there and take risks and be bold. But the moment you forget that, the moment you focus on the things to come, you forget what you already have. It reminds me of the Ten Virgins, the power of the Ten Virgins. You know, these groups are two groups. They both have the lamp. The lamp represents the Word of God. They're familiar. They, they got the Word of God. They know the time, the hour. Both groups. They go. One has oil, the other one doesn't. What's the oil? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the oil. How do you get the Holy Spirit? The moment you're saved. So you've got a group of people who have the Word of God, who know the times and the hour, who know what to look out for, they go out at the right time, they just don't take the oil. And I say just, it's not just, because the just is the Spirit of God. So one group go out as saved, and the other group as go unsaved, but they both have the Word of God. So just because we have the Bible, doesn't mean we have the Spirit of God just cuz we know about end times and about signs and about prophecy doesn't mean you're going to get it right and that's worrying and in Romans 8 Paul is talking about the security that we have in Christ and he says what then shall we say in response to these things now let's give a little background on where Paul is coming from in Romans 8 from the top he's It starts with, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. No more. The law has been completed by Christ. He stood up to the standard. And the moment that's imputed to us, it's the same for you. So there's no condemnation. And he's saying, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Now, listen to those words. If he didn't spare Jesus Christ and he gave him up for us, how much more is he going to give us everything? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through whom, through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in, our, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, Paul is not giving us a list of things to go through and say, okay, that's not on the list. So maybe that's, that's, that's something that's going to separate us. He's just making the point there's nothing. There's nothing that can separate you once you are in Christ. It takes, a, it takes a lot of assurance to say nothing in the future. Nothing in the past nor the future can separate you. That could be anything, anything in the future. So Paul clearly understood there was nothing that could come in the future as long as what's the key here? What's the key to accessing this? This if we are in Christ Jesus. we' in Christ Jesus. And how are you in Christ Jesus? Sorry? By God's grace. By God's grace. But how how do you access this? Faith. One key faith. Faith in what? You can have faith in everything, anything. Faith in Jesus. But what about Jesus? Let's go even deeper in this. Faith in his saving power. Faith in the fact that Jesus Christ being the son of God was a perfect fulfillment of the law of God on earth died for us what's the penalty of sin? Death. What are you? People? Are you sinners? Or are you saints? That's a tricky one, because you're both. But only with Jesus, you're both. On your own, you just be a sinner. With, With Christ, you are a saint. You're still the same sinner, but he gives you the fact that you can be called the son of God. And that's what we call grace. So the moment you believe that, the moment you truly believe that Jesus Christ's blood is sufficient to pay for everything that you have done and will do wrong, you're a safe person. You are in Christ and nothing can separate you from that. And that's the point that Paul's making. Nothing in the future, nothing in the past, nor angel, nor demon. We, we made the devil into this big giant beast that he is. He ain't, he ain't that. He is not that. Your God is way bigger when we say great controversy between the devil and God we make the devil into this big beast as well but we know that God is bigger do we not? Yeah. did God create the devil or not? Yeah. he did did the, the, the devil had to go and ask God for permission before going to Job yeah. he did does that mean that he has to get permission to come to you as well? Probably. Then who's in control? God. Nothing can separate you. So why do we fear? Perfect love casts out fear. Why are we not bold in Christ? Why don't we go out there in boldness, preach in boldness, go in places we shouldn't go? Jesus ate with, with sinners, with tax collectors. He wasn't worried whether he was going to be saved or not. He knew that he was secure because he trusted his father's goodness. We should too. There are people out there who are going to be lost. And there may be someone out there who you can save. But if we're too worried that, God forbid, we may get stamped by the mark of the beast or something, I don't know, well, I don't know what people worry about, but on YouTube, a lot of people are worried about the mark of the beast. We ain't going to make any difference out there. that. If they're going to be timid, if they're going to just come and be in a place where we are secure, you know, next to each other, huddled together. That's what chickens do. I mean that. They huddle together at night. Church was supposed to be a place, a group of people come together, called Christians to communion, for communion, fellowship, to strengthen each other after a hard week facing the stuff out there but I think a lot of times we forget about how powerful grace is. we forget about the power in the blood of Christ as Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 to 21. For as much as ye you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. We should have assurance of faith. As you mentioned earlier, approach the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness. Here I am. Not because I did great at this and that. Not because I did great at anything. And I will never be great at anything. Maybe in my own human understanding of myself, I can call myself great. But the moment God looks at you, the only thing great about you is your faith in Christ. That's the only thing. When Jesus came to the Pharisees, when he came to the Jews, that's the point that he was making. When he was saying to them, you know, you guys, you think you're good, right? You keep up to the law. Well, let's test that. And he goes on to say, it was said that thou should not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look at a woman with the wrong wrong intent, you've already committed that. Shattered that image that they've had themselves. They thought they were amazing. Completely broke and shattered their understanding of how great they were. He was making the point that you're not, you're not going to stand to the standards. It's, it's, it's the faith that we have in him and his goodness. And nothing can separate us from that. So let us go out there with boldness. Don't be timid. Let's not be timid and scared of what the world could do. You know, the biggest hint in Revelation as to what Christians are supposed to do, when it talks about those who are sealed will not receive the mark of the beast. And in Ephesians, I believe it is, it's the moment we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. To receive the inheritance that we have. That's the same seal that's talking about Revelation. And again, that goes back to faith in Christ and grace. Wherever you look in the Bible, you should come back to grace. Because grace, we use the word grace far too often, but we rely on it far too little. Grace is the power of God. It's way more powerful than just forgiveness. It's the power for you to change the world. Fishermen and tax collectors, powered with grace and the Holy Spirit, changed the world. 2019 years later, we're still sitting in a room discussing the same topics as they were and they did this without social media, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, YouTube, you name it. Planes, phones, laptops. And today the world is suffering more than ever. If there's a great falling away, now's the time. People leaving the church left, right and centre. And people not entering the church as often as they should be. Now is the time to prepare ourselves to be bold Now is the time to prepare ourselves to use grace Like how grace is meant to be used The power and the boldness that comes with it To not be conformed to the ways of this world But to be the power that changes it When I was saved I knew Because the next morning when I woke up I was bold Like, I'll go out there and share my faith. And I didn't have a problem doing it. And I wasn't like that the day before. So something happened in that moment. Now I know it was a moment that the Holy Spirit truly came within me. It's a moment that I believed grace. It was a moment that the Holy Spirit came in, empowered. And the next minute, i got this boldness out of nowhere that's got me in trouble multiple times, coming from an Islamic background, and a Muslim family you could imagine uh, there's been many debates and downright arguments really but that's how you are supposed to be I guess you know Jesus said I did not come to bring peace I came to set fire to people so you have your daughter fighting against you, your son fighting against you this is in Jewish times, so, you know, if, 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 if you're a son of someone, if you're a daughter of someone, the son-in-law, daughter-in-law, and you have faith in, in Christ, you can be pretty sure that your family are going to come at you. But he gave him also the power to stand up, to be the only fish swimming upstream. And as Jesus says, no one sets a lamp and hides it away. They put it right somewhere where everybody can see When the light can shine We are supposed to be that light, that light Powered with grace And the Holy Spirit So people can look at you And say wow okay something different about this person I want, Whatever that is I want it But if you're more scared and more worried than everybody else out there Who's going to look at you and be like, I want that? Everybody's scared out there Everybody's worried about something Everybody has mortgages to pay, debts to pay Things of future to come And if you're going to be worried about end times and mark of the beast and what could happen if you stand in the right place at the wrong time No one's going to look at you and be like, I want that They've already got enough worries of their own That boldness, that power that came with Christianity at the beginning When people really truly believed grace for what grace was For it to be the power of God For it to be the representation of the love of God For it to represent every single drop of blood of Jesus Christ They understood that They understood that nothing could separate them Nor death, nor life No future, no past, no height, no death No demon, no angel, nothing Apart from the lack of faith If you access it by faith you also lose it by having no faith So believe that it's there and believe the power of it And that boldness will come That strength will come but the moment you worry and the moment you make the focus about you about what you could do wrong and it's all about what you can do to ruin it and change it apart from your lack of faith that's when everything becomes about you you focus too much on you and everything that's wrong with you and everything that could go wrong with you instead of what is right instead of what is powerful instead of what is good I don't know what we time, it? Okay. and it's become sort of my mission to to go out there with this message. It's as far as as far as some people are concerned, they would say it's a simple one, it's a simple message. It's just, you know, it's like Christianity basics, but. A lot of times I just get reminded when I sit down and have conversation with people. The same people they'll say, by the grace of God this and by the grace of that, God that. And you speak to them about grace and you soon realize that actually, they don't, they're not really sure about grace. They're not sure what, I mean, they kind of know the verses to go to, but they don't really know the heights and depths. They don't know the power of it so much. They still struggle with a lot of worries, a lot of anxiety. They're not secure. They can sort of approach the throne of grace with confidence. Especially when they're in church. And then you think, okay, well, there's something up. So it may be a simple message, but it's a powerful message. Grace is what saves you. Grace is what will keep you saved. And grace is what always will get you saved. But grace is the power for you to change yourself and to change the world around you. Because the grace didn't come cheap. Grace didn't come cheap. The blood of Son of Christ was dropped on this world for grace to be given to you. So when, if you ever hear anyone say cheap grace, you know, ain't no cheap grace. It's expensive. As Peter would say, it's not corruptible and it's it's not anything that you can put value on. So it doesn't even make make sense to call it cheap or expensive. You can't put value on that. Go out there, be bold, and change the world. That's my message for today. Thank you. God bless you all.